Well, I know my Pink Floyd, man. <laughs> we haven't oh. we haven't talked about it yet. Um, one day it'll happen, mm-hmm. and we'll end up unfortunately stumbling across 1973, and then we'll have to haul me back. How, how yeah. bad? How bad do our listeners want to hear a Pink Floyd sesh? Let us know. Do you want a full <laughs> sesh on Floyd or the Beatles? No, we did the Beatles, didn't we? No, we haven't. Yo, Yoza. Good evening, listeners and dudes. How are you guys? Dave, you right? G'day. Yeah, good, mate. Good. Good to see you. Martin. Yeah, good to see you too. Very well. Martin, How are you guys? Nice to see you all. Cool. Good. Thurston. Hi. Good evening. Kia So, uh, yeah, we're going to hit off this evening with 2009 was the year we chose. And I jumped, I did totally barge in and uh, Nick Martin's place. My apologies. All good. Man. So, oh, oh, yeah, thanks, man. So uh, just a quick one on Google before we get stuck into it, because I think tonight could be a good show. It was a, it was a good year, 2009. Uh, a couple of trending things. Graphic T-shirts. Did you guys have any of them? No. A what? A what? Graphic graphic <laughs> T-shirts. T-shirts with well, graphics on. Well, most of my T-shirts are pretty graphic. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I do uh, have graphics on T-shirts, yeah. yeah. Low-rise low jeans. Did you have any of them? No. Low-rise. No. Low-rise. No. Cardigans. Did you have a cardigan? No. No, any no. Uh, any skinny scarfs? Did you have a skinny scarf? Two thousand and nine. Yes, I did. A... <laughs> <laughs> what? What is a skinny scarf? Yeah, <laughs> I might be on a ladies' web page. What about boot cut jeans? Did you have some of those? Oh shit! No, no, no. Got the right year, mate. I'm not sure. Got the right decade. What about an what about an asymmetric haircut? Did you have one of those? No, definitely definitely not. (laughs) Definitely not at that stage. Definitely symmetrical at that point. (laughs) It went all symmetrical. It went pear-shaped. Yeah, definitely uh, symmetrical. I was was living in Perth, mate, so I was in my budgie smugglers most of the year. Yeah. It wasn't just... I was down at Cottesloe Beach and uh, and out out sunning myself, Western Australia. Yeah. WA. I see they're advertising mm. to go over there if you want a bit of work at the moment. All our listeners, oh. if you want to go and get some work, go to WA. Go on, get go away. Leave 200, us. 200 grand to drive a lorry. <laughs> Probably. Mm. Yeah, they charge. Yeah, yeah, you can get huge money. Mm. Mental. So we've got, uh, that was a little bit of, that's pretty much all the interesting stuff that was happening around that time. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was uh, Obama. He got his inauguration, wasn't it, or something? There was stuff going on. Anyway, um, let's move on to the music and the madness in the movie. Music, ma- mu- me, madness, Movies, madness. Mu- yep. <laughs> let's do, let's do that. So I think we'll start with the movies, if that's all right with you guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sounds good. Good. I think we'll start with David Chan. Okay. Hit it, mate. I, I struggled uh, on the movie front. I know there oh. were some good films, and you guys have—I know mm-hmm. you guys have picked some of them. Um, so I went with 
something that a lot of people might not have heard of. It's a film called Moon. Oh, it's an indie film. film. Yeah. Good one. And, Good choice, man. Good choice. Well, it's sort of so I, I talked about your mate Matt Damon the other day in the Mars one, <laughs> um, the Martian or whatever it was called. Uh, and I thought I'd just follow on with the space theme. And so Moon came out in 2009 and um, it's it was directed by uh, Duncan Jones um, and it was his, his directorial debut, uh, written by Nathan Parker. Um, but the story uh, is from is from Duncan Jones uh, and it follows a guy called Sam Bell, who's um, uh, a man that's sort of uh, based on the moon. Um, he's nearing the end of his three-year contract or tenure sort of as a solitary um, maintenance guy that's looking after a mining operation um, on the, the far side, the dark side of the moon. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and he's basically there alone on the base with this uh, robot uh, companion called Gertie. Um, can't go into too much details, but what I loved about this, this, this film Moon was that as the audience, you're sort of, it's one of those films that puts you in the same position as the, as the protagonist, the lead character, right? And you're, you're as confused as he is as to what's going on and why, things, why strange things are happening to him. Um, and it sort of all unravels in real time. And you're sort of, you're trying to figure it out as he is. Mm-hmm. Um, it was only, uh, only cost about 5 million to make. It made about 10 million across in, in the box, at the box office. Oh, um, yeah. So, you know, it really is a truly indie film, um, but did really, really well at all the film festivals. Um, so, you know, critical success, critically it was a success. Um, I can't really say much more about the plot other than he, you know, there's is this guy, this astronaut that's at the end of his tenure and he's due to come home, but he doesn't. Things start to go strange on base and he's, and he's a long way from Earth. And um, there's, a big, uh, there's a big corporation involved that has put him there and that he's, he's running this mining base for and making them squillions and squillions of dollars. And in the meantime, he's, he's sort of um, going through some pretty challenging times. Um, so, Glenn, did you say you've seen this? Yes, I have. I, I thought when I when you picked up that you'd chosen this, I thought, good choice. That is such a good film. Um, did you see it when it came out? No, probably a couple of years later. Um, okay. And yeah. it's really eerie and um, quite. Yeah, it is. And good performances um, from. Oh, who's the lead? Uh, yeah, so Sam Rockwell. Sam Rockwell. Yeah, yeah, Sam Rockwell. Right. yeah. And I suppose it's like, you know, how Ian was saying, you can make big money in Western Australia. It's kind of like that, eh? Go to the moon, make some money. Or in this case, go to Western Australia, which is kind of like going to the moon, isn't it? Closer. Yeah, just careful. We, we, have, we have listeners. We have listeners over there, fellas. Sorry, we're what on the moon? Yes. Got oh, on the moon. Yeah, man. We live long and prosper. Yeah, we, the universal. We are Australia, going the far side of Australia. Well, it is on the far side, depending on where you live. Yeah. So that was a space movie with, which featured Kevin Spacey. As as um as Gert yeah. Gertie. Yes, oh, the voice. Pretty- um, and, um, it's a very, very cool film. I really, 
Yeah, Don't David's give... right. You you can't. Um, I can't say much more. Can't say much more because it'll give too much of it the plot away. And um, but you should definitely. Definitely right today. It's a great sign. And I think I'm right in saying that Duncan Jones is actually Zoe Bowie. It's uh, he's David Bowie's son. (laughs) (laughs) Funny enough, he changed his name. Is he really? (laughs) Uh He is indeed. Yeah, Yeah, there you go. Didn't know that. Dad was very proud of him for that. Yeah, yeah. well, you might as well carry on, Martin. Oh, Leading hang on, before you... we do, before oh. we do, before we do, I've got one, one, yeah. one, just, just thought, since we're on the topic of the moon, um, mm-hmm. and, and Western Australia, and where our listeners are, we have, um, we have a listener in Hungary. Yeah, oh, bro. Hello, hello, Hungary. Hello. Oh, we have a listener in the Philippines. <laughs> hello, Philippines. Hello, Philippines. What? We have a couple of listeners in India. Hello, India. Hello, India. And a um, couple in South Africa. You've got to and, say it in the language, man. Hungry. I, I can't. No, well, I, I don't. don't I don't know. speak Hungarian. Do you speak Hungarian? Yeah. It's on Google. You just say "sia." Uh, yeah. Well, if we prepared, maybe. Yeah, maybe next yeah. week we can do it properly. Sia stock. All okay. right. What did you just do? Cool. Okay. Yeah. You're a very talented man, Ian. That's why we got you. That's what why you're hosting. What would what would Western Australian be? Well, put some shrimps on the barbie. Is that? Well, I'd just like to update that. Uh, we had listeners in Australia. Uh, <laughs> oh, so good. Sorry, my apologies. <laughs> anyway, oh, over Martin. to you, Martin. Martin, over to you. Yeah. Uh, quickly, quickly, yeah. Hit it. <laughs> um, quickly. Well, I thought movies this week, uh, it's a case of uh, go big or go home. So I've gone big. Um, yes. In fact, the biggest of them all. Uh, so I've chosen Avatar, which is yeah. uh, the highest, highest grossing movie of all time. Is you like it? I don't mind it. Mm. Okay. I totally get the criticism of it. I do. Like snips. Mm-hmm. The fact, in a... Yeah. I don't mind it. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yeah, I, I get the, the Smurf comparisons and everything else, but um, do you know what? Without that film, uh, we wouldn't have... Um, film technology wouldn't have advanced to the stage that it's at now. And, you know, fair play to, to Jim Cameron. He is like, you know, he's the guy who's going to push the boundaries. If there's, if there's something in film that you can push in terms of, like, technology um, or the way it's done... He's the man to do it, you know. Um, totally agree. Totally agree. Um, I can remember um, about it must have been about three months after I moved to New Zealand because this was two thousand and eight that I moved over. So it would have been mm. maybe Christmas or early two thousand and nine, and they did a one day um, mini preview for Avatar, and they showed fifteen minutes of the movie at cinemas. And I remember going to the Reading on Courtney Place, um, and it was a stupid time of day. It was like at midday, so there was like you know six people and a drunk guy in there, and that was it. And um, it blew me away. I gotta say, visually, I'd never seen anything in three D to that extent that was just like mm. whoa, like how has he done that? <laughs> it, it was it was so far ahead of everything yeah. else at the time. Mm. Um, and um, 
Yeah, you know, it, it, I think it still stands up visually very much so today. I still think the, the scenes in that film are just stunning to look at. Mm. Um, and, um, yeah, in that respect, you know, I can't wait for the, to see what he's pushing, what he's going to do in the sequels, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, totally. I, hope he's, um, I hope he's got some better storylines than ripping off um, Pocahontas and Sleeping with Wolves or what is it, Dancing with Wolves and mm-hmm. Return of the Jedi. Yeah, well, yeah. I know um, from what I've heard, the, the, the plan was basically they wrote all four of the sequels because there's going to be five of them, but they're hoping there's going to be five of them. Gosh. Um, but they had the whole story written before they shot anything for the second one. So, you know, they've spent, you know, the only reason he's waited so long between them to make this is because the technology didn't exist to do what he wanted to do. So it's much like Star Wars with Phantom Menace, you know, Mm -hmm. Lucas couldn't do Jar Jar (laughs) until, (laughs) yay, (laughs) until it got so (laughs) far. Um, And, you know, so, yeah, it's um, you know, for the for the three people on Earth who haven't seen it, and the <laughs> two two on the moon. <laughs> David, 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 hasn't seen David. It. wow, David, David hasn't seen it. No. Oh gosh. Okay. Oh, we'd better give not spoilers, but I just may have. Oh, no, no, man. No, that's a good movie. I, I may have done spoilers by just alluding to all the films it's similar to. <laughs> it's a good movie, though. It's oh, okay. It hasn't seen any of those either. <laughs> I have a story about it. Two of my friends, like work colleagues, um, they decided that they wanted to be extras in it and managed to get cast as extras. And um, there was a couple of scenes um, where they were in, and even there was one part where one of them wanted to do some talking, and he tried, and Mr. Cameron told him off. Um and anyway, they were really excited. We were all excited when this film came out. We were like, okay, so we had some drinks and dinner after work, probably a few more drinks. Mm-hmm. And then we all rocked along to the theatre, only to find that the poor guys had been cut. Yeah. <laughs> I hate it when that happens. Uh, That's happened to me. We were, all, to me. we were all there waiting to see them on the big screen in this big production, uh. and they were cut. And, and after that, it kind of got a bit leery because the movie went on and on and on and it looked mm. pretty absolutely, but I got bored and bored and started making jokes with Bronwyn and pissing off another people around us because we've been drinking it. Oh, it was just you're terrible. that guy. Yes, we you're were. that guy. No, you know no there that was guy. collectively all of us. There was not just me and Bron. It was a few of us. And um, then Bloody when the DVD came out or the Blu-ray, um, they were they, their scene was back in it, so we went and watched it, and they're only in it for like twenty seconds. You, you could tell it's my mate, my mate twenty seconds is pretty good. Yeah, or, or ten seconds or whatever it was, and he had a particular walk, and he walked past, and that was it. And they were yay, and then should we watch it? No, nah, let's just not. And that was <laughs> that was we just really got it out to see yay. that little bit of them. Oh, oh just, that's nice, mate. That's that's yeah. been it's been a loyal friend. Yeah, we all went around to um, someone's house to watch it because they had a Blu-ray player, and and then I was like, nah, sure, no, okay. But yeah, it's pretty as. You're a stand-up guy, Thurston. You might as well do your review now. Carry on, <laughs> Martin. Are you finished? Sorry, mate. I'm all done. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh. 
that was that smooth segue, that one was. All oh, right. Okay. I chose District it, 9. District 9, oh, uh, which yeah. is a science fiction film um, co-produced by uh, New Zealand, South Africa, and the United States, and Peter Jackson helped produce it. Um, and it's a... Um, it's a, a science fiction action film um, directed by Neil Blomkamp. And it's, you know, all the effects are done from here in Wellington, um, which was pretty cool. And effectively, it's a science fiction, kind of science fiction, um, story about an alien spaceship arrives in Johannesburg um, in 1982. And... And that oh, on the spaceship, all these aliens are starving, and you know, not in a good way. And of all the places they decide to land is South Africa during um, apartheid. So effectively, these guys get all these aliens get chucked into a camp called District Nine um, and treated pretty badly. And I think it was making a whole bunch of points, eh? Um, and was sort of taken from the awful events that happened in Cape Town's District 6 area, which, um, mm -hmm. yeah, was pretty poor. Um, but the film really was sort of that sort of mix of humans being horrible to aliens, but kind of being horrible to everybody else as well. Um, but again, a really different, interesting storyline. Um, really super duper effects really gritty effects which sort of made it feel quite real mm -hmm. um and yeah it was a, a really really interesting film um um I, three sci-fis we've had three sci-fis yeah we have haven't we um interesting good year and, for, uh, for sci-fi has anyone mm -hmm. seen this film yeah yeah great film good movie you've seen it okay mm. david have you seen it not yet no it's um it's pretty it's, decent it it's is gritty. Really it's um, yeah, yeah, as you say, it, it's very. It doesn't hold back from what it wants to say, <laughs> no, um, or, or what it shows. Blunt, it? Yeah, um, <laughs> it's quite a, a graphic, gory movie in places as well. Mm. Um, but um, but there is humour in there, uh, quite dark humour, um, and it's. <laughs> but it's yeah, it's 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 a cool film um, and different. Yeah, as you say, you know, it's good mm, to. Yeah, I think around about that time there was a few movies kind of coming out that were kind of pushing that boundary in, in terms of like traditional sci-fi and taking it to different places and stuff. Yeah, and then I think as much as you know, we all love Star Wars. I think when those films started coming back out, it kind of reverted back a bit, and mm -hmm. there's less of that kind of. Original kind of storyline sci-fi getting made at the moment, I think. Or otherwise, it's just switched over to TV. I think that's probably more the thing. It's become more mm, of a streaming so. thing. Yeah. Mm. Um, but yeah, it was yeah quite original I, the story think, and the way it looked and felt. And I think two thousand nine was good. Was good um, there was really good sci-fi's coming out around that time, wasn't there? Two two thousand nine, two ten. There was some really really good stuff coming out. It all seems to be a bit more brutal these days, doesn't it? Um, yeah, District Nine is definitely brutal. Um, yeah, it's not. Oh, it's not a light-hearted watch. Put it that way. It's certainly not shiny or like a Marvel. Um, it, it's <laughs> it's kind of what what 
particularly like things could look like. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, but um, really and cool. poor and those poor aliens landed oh. um, in, in in Johannesburg, which is you know a pretty rough place. Yeah. Very good. Called, well, there we go. The filthy. What was it? The filthy prawns. Yeah, prawns. That's what they called them. Filthy prawns. Yeah, yeah got, uh, but you've got, got to about... say it in that South African African sort of. Can um, anyone way. do? Anyone do a South African accent? No, I don't want to lose our two South African listeners as well. I'd be interested to what our South African listeners, if they've seen it, and see what they think of it, um, because it was a tremendous film by one of their own. Um, and so, Get yeah, them to curious. write a review. If yep. you're listening, put a review on it. Let us yep. know what you think. We'll yeah. post on our Facebook page. Yeah, absolutely. My so, um, Thanks, Glenn. My movie review is uh, I thought by popular demand um, I would bring back a cooking review. Nice. So I didn't really – yeah, I didn't watch any movie. I'm going to review how to make some food. So um, <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Thank you. And uh, what I'm going to say – so I'm going to just want to share with you a little thing that uh, – have you guys ever heard of soccer? Not the game. <laughs> the food. No. So this is a real awesome recipe if you don't eat a lot of flour, like white flour and stuff. So you, you know Glenn doesn't, but uh, if you fancy something real quick just to whip up, you know, on a Saturday afternoon or something, all you do is just get chickpea flour, right? And you get, you best to do it in small bits. So you get a cup of chickpea flour and then a cup of water. So the same ratio two cups of chickpea flour, two cups of water, a sprinkle of salt in there, a little dash of pepper. You need some rosemary, which you can nick from your neighbor. They've always got shit loads. Just go and nick a bit from your neighbor and uh, chop that up. And then so you whisk that together and leave it for about five minutes just for the chickpea flour to soak in the water. Then you get your, your griddle, your iron griddle, your cast iron griddle. You get that nice and hot with some olive oil in there. And then you pour it in like a pancake. It's a thin bread. And it goes really nice and crunchy and crispy. And then you sprinkle your rosemary on top. Some salt. And the, and voila. There you go. Beautiful. What's it called? Soccer. Uh, soccer. Where's soccer. it from? Where's it? Uh, Do you know? Uh, Mediterranean? Maybe. It's me yeah, I think it yeah, might be Italian. That's so easy. Yeah. Even, even I can Damn do that. tasty. Yeah, and I'm, I go through all. I, I, you know, you guys know I like my cooking, right? And uh, mm, I mm. see so many confusing recipes where you need eggs and raising agents and baking powder and blah 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 blah. This is just chickpea flour, water, salt, pepper, boom, in the griddle with the olive oil. Anything, any to be fair, let's be fair. Anything fried is good. Yeah, totally, man. Mars <laughs> bars. No. Have you had a fried Mars bar? Uh, no. I, I mean, live, I used to live, everything in Scotland. Yeah, when I lived in Scotland, the the, the uh, fish and chip shop that invented it was literally like 20 minutes away from where I used to live. And um, so I thought, well, you know, when in, when in Rome or Aberdeen, <laughs> you've got to give it a go, right? Never yeah. again. But then, then I found oh. out that in Glasgow, um, they do a deep fried pizza. They I've had one of those. A frozen pizza. Oh, Lord. Fold it in half. 
I just chuck it in the deep fry. What? Yeah. yeah. And when you eat that, I've had one, you shit for about a week. <laughs> and traditionally. <laughs> it's horrendous. And, and traditionally, you have to eat it with a Glasgow salad. Which is? Chips. <laughs> and they think we've got an obesity problem. <laughs> well, it is very cold in Scotland, so I mean, anything that you eat for a long period of time, I suppose. You don't need a long period of time because most of them are dead by 25, so you know, the heart yeah, rate is just so bad. It's, it's funny because when you get served a deep fried pizza, you don't actually know what to do with it. You, you kind of word. look at it like, like this is actually going to kill me. Do you, do you eat it in your hands or do you use yeah. a knife? Yeah. It's kind of like a calzone, yeah. but just covered in pig fat. <laughs> yeah. Not recommended. That is so foul. Not recommended. No. Uh, so I think we're, we're, we're going to flick over to the B side now that we've got the madness out the way. <laughs> I do, I do just want to put this to you guys. Mm-hmm. We've got a minute and this is my biggest bugbear this week, which is really annoying me. I feel like an old grumpy man, but a liter of milk is how much? I don't oh. know. Can you so, buy in a liter anymore? You like, can if you buy. Oh. Yeah. So two, two liters was about four bucks. Right, so two, yeah, okay. So let's say two, two dollars, two dollars fifty for a liter, right? Yeah, yeah. So when when I go and get an oat milk coffee, oat milk is three dollars a liter. So there's like fifty cents difference, and they charge a dollar fifty extra for an oat milk coffee. What is that about? Wow. My local charge is fifty cents extra. That's so, good. There you go. It's a regional thing. The only thing I can think of is is they've got losses. They've it's spoiled, or they can't buy. There's not enough people wanting it. I don't know. I mean, it's, so it's they... a ter- maybe it's a Taranaki thing. They're like, no, man, we're just going to price oat milk out of the market. We're cow country, and that's what we are. Oh, that's terrible. It's disgusting, and I think it should be a if they're doing that abolished. Right, see you on the B side. Yeah, everybody say wayo, 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 Let me hear you say wayo, wayo, wayo. Oh way-o. god, thank you. <laughs> you guys. Oh. Yo, <laughs> welcome back. Welcome back to side B. We are the the four hippest guys probably on the planet at the moment. Uh, and um, what else do we know? Everyone should eat a deep fried pizza once in their life. No, no, <laughs> no. <laughs> Two thousand and nine for music. Oh, it's my favourite part of the show. I love the music reviews we do. Fine. There's some really good stuff that we get out of this, don't you find? I, I remember yeah, yeah. that song, that song "I'm Yours" by the guy Mraz, uh, J- just Jason, Jason Mraz, is it? Justine Mraz, yeah. That was huge because that was everywhere, right? That one, yeah. And yet, I I can't put a tune to the name to the song. Very reggae. Yeah, yeah, it's got that reggae beat. Yeah. Should we give him a chorus? Go, go, go. won't hesitate. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. 
Quite possibly it needs to be retired here. That was ubiquitous, although not so much, because after all, I didn't know about it. So. Beyonce's Halo came out that year because my um, uh, my niece was really into Beyonce. And yeah. Miley, Miley and all that. Miley Cyrus, she was huge. Who's not into Beyonce? I mean, she's hot as. There's a picture on Google of her in 2009, and she is smoking. Damn. Anyway, let's uh, let's let's let's, let's start. Oh, God, should we start with the music reviews? Martin, please yeah. save me again. <laughs> all, right, all right, all right. Music. Okay, I've got I've got jazz this week. It's my nice. first jazz choice. I'm really pleased with that. Um, I was very close to choosing Florence and the Machine, but I didn't. Um, and I've gone with. Dr. Lonnie Smith. And uh, if you don't know who Dr. Lonnie Smith is, um, he was quite a character. Unfortunately, he died last year, um, but he lived to a pretty ripe old age, 79. Um, mm. He uh, is um, was one of the most foremost Hammond B3 organ players in the jazz world ever. Um, the doctor part of his name, um, it's, uh, it was actually a nickname. He's not a doctor. <laughs> I was never a doctor of anything. Um, and, um, there, it was rumored to be, uh, a lot of his contemporaries basically said, ah, oh, you know, we need someone to fill in this, this bit on our session. We need someone to doctor it. Oh, let's get, let's oh, get Lonnie yeah. in. So Lonnie would come in and do his doctoring on, on these, all these tracks. Um, he started off playing with, uh, George Benson. The guitarist, just mm-hmm. yeah, um, and so in the sixties, um, uh, but quickly kind of started develop um, developed as a solo artist and started doing um, his own albums. Um, and what I really love about Dr. Lonnie Smith is um, he's not he was never afraid to kind of do stuff outside the norm, especially when it came to doing cover versions. And there, there are two or three cover versions on this album. The album's called Rise Up. Um, and he was kind of in the middle of a renaissance kind of period in his career at this point. He'd kind of like not released anything for about 10 years. And then suddenly went boom, 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 and fired out like six albums in the space wow. of like five years. And each one of them was basically better than the last. They just got better and better and better. Wow, um, yeah. This one... Um, yeah, the the two tracks that really stand out for me are, are the two co- are two of the covers, and um, Dave, you'll be pleased to know one of them's a Beatles cover. <laughs> um, so he does that, but it, it's definitely a version like you've never heard before, and um, hopefully we're going to play a clip of it right now. Thank you. 
Um, yeah, so let's come together um, with a very funky, different kind of feel to it, um, which I think you quite like, would quite like. And um, yeah, it just it just grooves. It's got a real funk element to this album, as well as it being mm. jazzy. Um, What's the album called, mate? Sorry? It's called Rise Up. Rise Up. Exclamation oh. mark. Uh, yeah. It's, he it's, means it. He really proper, means it. Proper exclamation mark. Right. Um, the other cover on it um, is really off the wall. It's a cover of um, Sweet Dreams Are Made of This by The Rhythmics. Wow. Um, and it starts off really low key, um, very kind of spaced out, a bit, bit kind of very kind of loungy jazz. Um, but as it goes on, the groove builds. Uh, and it's kind of like a low groove. It, it's not kind of like in your face, and it's not where you think it kind of is going to come from from the original version. It's not that synth riff that keeps coming through. His music probably probably around about the time this album came out. So yeah, around 2000 and must have been just before I moved over. So 2007, 2008. I think I got into the album before. Um, mm. He has a brilliant um, one of his uh, his little um, uh, stage um, outfits. As um, he has a habit of wearing a turban as well, or he yes. did have a habit of wearing a turban. <laughs> That's um, right. And it was nothing to do with any kind of religious thing. It wasn't a spiritual thing for him. He just thought it looked cool. So big, no one else was wearing big, one. Did he, he did have a have, big beard? Yeah, yeah. He had in a, a big, huge, big white beard. Um, that's right. And a turban. Uh, and one of his albums is called The Turbinator. And um, it, it oh is just oh funky as great stuff. Um, yeah, I, I, I urge you go and check out Dr. Lonnie Smith um, and have a good time doing it. Um, there's a brilliant um, video online, um, which I will find and stick up on the Facebook page of, um, do you remember um, on Dave Letterman, he had the musical director um, and his name's just completely escaped. The bold, the bold, bold guy. guy. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know the guy? 
Yeah. Um, unfortunately, he hosts this and talks literally all the way through the performance somehow. Um, but it's him, Dr. Lonnie Smith, um, Joey DeFrancesco, who's another amazing B3 player, and another amazing B3, B3, Hammond B3 player. So four Hammond B3s jamming out this track together. And Have you heard of Babyface Willette? Mm-hmm, yeah. Babyface Willette, yeah, he's a good Hammond player, is Yeah. 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 Uh, but these guys are absolutely smoking it. Um, it's mm. just the, the solos are just off the chart. Um, brilliant, brilliant yeah. stuff. I'll find yeah. that link and I'll stick that up. Um, well worth checking out. Nice. Thanks, man. That sounds, blimmin', that sounds blooming good. I'll check that out tomorrow in the barber shop. Cool. Yeah, Glenn, hit it, bro. You're, You're on mute. mute. Yes, take myself off mute. All right. I've um, selected an album called The XX or XX, and it's by a band called The XX, mm. and it's a British um, group. And I think this is a bit of a modern classic. I Have thought to. you were kidding. I thought you were kidding when you posted that as the group name and the album name. I thought you were being smart and going, oh, I won't tell you until the day. No, 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 no. <laughs> no. The secret. Absolutely not. Oh, no, okay. no, no, no. Hiding All in right. plain sight. Uh, yeah, in plain sight, exactly. It was. It it is what it is. You know, I probably wouldn't joke about this sort of thing. Um, and yeah, it, it, I do think it is a modern classic. Um, it is. It influenced so many um, sort of um, a bunch of whole bunch of copycat production after that. Um, effectively, it peered back a lot of instrumentation to almost like keyboards and bass and just a little twinkle of a guitar occasionally in there. So very sparse, but sort of very, I don't know, very minimalist, um, but with some really catchy hooks. And then you've got Romy, who's the uh, lead singer. She's got this wonderful sort of voice that fills the space. Um, and one of the other guys also sings in it as well. Mm. Um, so the track I've selected First up is called Crystallized, and this is it here. Closest, hi, 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 hi. 
that's brilliant. I think that's just fabulous. And um, yeah, I, I sort of came late to the party. Um, I, I suspect it was probably about 2010 or 11 when I found out about it. And it's quite, quite addictive, the whole thing. Initially, you may put it on and go, actually, where, where was the rest of that music gone? But I think the more you listen to it, the more complexity you sort of see and how it's been arranged and put together, eh? Um, so yeah, they had another album that came afterwards, but I think really, um, I, th I don't know, maybe they just only do things occasionally together. Um, I don't think we've heard much more from them, but um, reality is this this really set the, the bar for a lot of, it felt new and it felt fresh. And I suppose that's why it, um, sort of really picked it for this week um my other album nod this week would have been to Lawrence Arabia's album called Chant Darling which is just you know having its uh, I think an anniversary um tour at the moment um and it's a local um singer-songwriter Lawrence Arabia and he's just utterly brilliant so yeah I was really torn between which one to choose um but went with the XX because um it was just so fresh and different and it, I look it still feels fresh when I listen to it now it doesn't I've not had a chance to listen to that this week to be honest yeah oh. so I need, I, to, say, I need to go and have a listen to that yeah, yeah. it's certainly got I would say got a bit overplayed a bit there for a bit because um, hmm. um but after not hearing it for quite some time it's like ah oh, this is cold hmm. um and it won the Mercury Prize in the UK um for new new music talent and the mercuries are generally pretty damn good i like um, albums like that that you know you bang on after a while you know you leave them for a bit i'm like that with stone roses mm -hmm. I, get, I get real sick of them and uh who are the the fun loving criminals i'm like that with those guys too but every now mm. and then every five years it's like yeah man these guys are kicking it um, <laughs> yeah. yeah it was just it was really neat to sort of revisit the album because it was like 2009 i haven't heard this one for a while and i chuck it on like, holy shit this is actually damn good martin mm -hmm. have you heard this one um i've got a funny feeling i have but i can't picture it in my head right now so i'm gonna go and mm -hmm. listen to it tomorrow definitely yeah the other the other track that we can um, put on a snippet is islands which i um really love as well
What have you got for us tonight, man? That was XS, 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 XS. X. X. Yeah. The XX and their album XX. Say that after a few beers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's no joke. It's just class, same. Cool. All right, fellas. So, look, here we go. Pop quiz for you. Nope. What do these three albums have in common? U2's Joshua Tree. The Cars debut album, self-titled The Cars. And Ignore the Ignorant by the Cribs. So Joshua Tree, The Cars, and Ignore the Ignorant. What do those three albums have in common? Is it something to do with the Beatles? (laughs) Not this week, maybe. (laughs) But I probably... Is Is it Brian Eno? Give, give give me give me ten minutes. I'll find something. No, uh, is, no, is it's it not Brian. Brian no, no. Is no. it Daniel Lanois? Ah, uh, yeah. Could be. I don't know who he is though. <laughs> <laughs> is it? I've got no idea at all. Okay. Well, we... Being close. Being close. <laughs> Can I have a drink? Okay. Is it Bono's, uh, is it Bono's dad? <laughs> Bono's dad. <laughs> Bono, didn't he just say this week that he discovered or that, that uh, released the shocking news that he has a stepbrother? I saw something like that. And, and, anyway, who, it's, and why is that news, Bono? It was, it was, He's obviously it was, not had enough Bono news recently, so he just created this. Has been quiet, yes. Yeah. Okay, so I'll give you a clue, fellas. Look, uh, Joshua Tree, where the streets have no name, I still haven't found what I'm looking for with or without you. The cars. Remember, this is their debut album. Mm. Good, ti- good Times Roll, My Best Friend's Girl, Just What I Needed. First three tracks are stellar on both, yeah. Keep going. We Were Aborted, Cheat On Me, and We Share the Same Skies. These three tracks on the Cribs' fourth, fourth, I think, studio album, yep, are absolutely astonishing. But this album, uh, which came out in 2009, obviously, fourth album from the uh, British indie group, The Cribs. Um, Certainly the most uh, commercially successful, but also critically acclaimed. Um, The Cribs are a guitar band formed early 2000s, 2000, 2001, by um, three brothers, two of which are twins, um, up in uh, northern, northern England, up Yorkshire Way, Ian. Not far from probably where you were chilling out for a while there. A few good bands come out of there. Yeah, no. well, these guys did, and uh, and they've got a really interesting sound, you know, that because they've got, I think they've got they're multi um, instrumental and vocalists, so you've got several lead vocals going on. It's kind of got that, um, and the earlier stuff had that garage band kind of feel where everyone's sort of singing into it and heavy guitars and that. And then Johnny Marr comes along, right? And they, Johnny Marr's with Modest Mouse in around 2007, 2008. Mm-hmm. Um, I think an American band playing with them and touring with them. And just by chance, bump into 
the um, the fellas from the cribs, the brothers um, uh, right. Gary and Ryan Jar- Jarman, I think, and the younger brother Ross Jarman. But their um, names are not crib. No, they're not. No, not like the Gibbs. But no, not, not like cribs. the Gibbs. The brothers <laughs> No, the brothers crib. No, the I'm not sure what they name themselves. What, oh, okay. Where the cribs right. came from, I have no idea. But they're the yeah, Jarmans. But- the Jarmans. Yeah. yeah. But that would be <laughs> Wouldn't sound as yeah, I could see why they chose the cribs. Everybody the knows that. The Jarmans. The Jarmans. The Jarmans. Yeah. The Jarmans. Jarmans. Certainly Let me know when you're ready. All right. Sorry. Uh, were they from Germany? Because then they'd be the Germans. <laughs> <laughs> The German Germans. The German Sorry. Oh, you guys. The Jerusalem Germans. That's a cool name. I want to name yeah. my band. Yeah. Sorry, Dave. Sorry, you were saying. The Brothers Prep, yeah. We good? Yep. Okay. So Johnny Marr joins the band in 2008 and they record. Actually, um, joins, I think. Um, well, initially a touring musician, I think. Then he joins as a formal member of the band till about 2011. Mm-hmm. And what it, what he does is he brings in those sweet arpeggiated chords that he's known for, you know, with the Smith's work and, and Modest Mouse. And... the hooks in these actually the first four to be fair um the fourth one's interesting i'll come to that shortly but the first three the hooks in those choruses are phenomenally good ian if you thought that um KG elephant was okay these guys well this album blows that out of the water honestly it'll, it'll just have you bopping around the guitar's fantastic um and, I, will and listen, the, I will listen no, yeah definitely and I will the, listen. um the fourth track listeners if you get a chance uh let me just find it here so it's called city of city of bugs and it's got an, it's got a really groovy drum shuffle um that kind of holds it or get holds the verse together and the ver- the hooks in the verse so that's quite cool and when you get to the chorus in this uh city of bugs um the first three times they perform the chorus there are no vocals it's just an instrumental chorus mm. which i was like wow what's going on here it's quite heavy guitar and it's completely out of kilt with, with what's going on in the verse and, and that drum shuffle, which is really right at the front of the mix. Feel the rain in the city of bugs, fill the hole with glass vessels. 
last, the fourth time they 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 do the chorus, um, the vocals come in, and and it's really it's just outstanding. So, mm. and that's the kind of thing that they do. They're very eclectic, um, and I don't know if it was Johnny's influence or what, but I mean, these guys are about they're only a few years younger than us, so forty-one, yeah, in the early forties now. Um, Johnny Mars probably not much changed from sixty. I would have thought he was around in the early eighties. Um, so almost a generation gap. Um, but he looks absolutely mint playing with and them, right? Dude, in music, there is no gap. There's no, there is yeah, right. doesn't can exist. I, can I ask a technical question? Because David used a Arpeggio. Arpeggio. What? What? It, what is? You know, you guys are three musos. What does that mean? So instead of playing a chord, which is like you know multiple notes all at the same time. The yeah. arpeggio means you break the chord down into the separate notes. So you do a bom bom bom. Um, think every okay. Coldplay intro in ever. All right. I yeah. thought an arpeggio was like an Italian pasta sauce. Well, you you, the, right uh, language. <laughs> I thought it was a scooter. It, it, to you, you know <laughs> one of those nifty fifty. Know all these things, Ian Wallace. It no, Martin, means, Martin's it, bang on. He's a music teacher. Yeah. Listen to it. Yeah, literally yeah, yeah, means broken chord. It means uh, broken uh, chord. So uh, okay. that's exactly because what it means. I wasn't actually being facetious. I actually didn't know what it meant. No, you were being really polite as well. You had your little hand raised and, and yeah, you had your yeah. hand up. I know. You know that. You know that song. Don't you want me, baby? Don't mm-hmm. you yeah. want? Yeah. And it's got that yeah. intro that goes down, 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 down. And underneath that, there's an arpeggiator going. I feel yeah. loved by Donna Summer. There's a, there's a great one. Right. That's, yeah, man. That's an arpeggio. Yeah. Man, you can have fun on. You could get lost in that stuff. Jesus, don't buy one. Most of <laughs> that. Oh, seriously, I lost about eight years. How many years have you lost on an arpeggiator, Martin? I'm still losing years on arpeggiators. <laughs> still happening. <laughs> still happening. <Yeah>. Same arpeggio. <laughs> Same, Same arpeggio. <laughs> <laughs> I found every permutation of those three notes you can possibly do now. Very close. Yeah. Well, Glenn and I used to play a lot of guitar together, and we played a lot of broken chords. But they weren't arpeggiated. Just broken chords. I think most of my style is broken. I'm happy yeah. with it. Anyway, so I'd like, anyway I'd that's, like it. All... that's it. Yeah, thanks, Sorry. Dave. I like all our... Yeah. Sorry, mate. Go for it. Go for it. I was oh, just going to say, gonna say... Yeah. get yourself some cribs. Get yourself Ignore the Ignorant. Brilliant album. Over to you. Thank you. Uh, our listeners, if, you, if you've had a little bit of arpeggiation experimentation... Maybe you could uh, throw us your favourite arpeggiated chords and we can check them out. Me and Martin can write a song. Yeah. And we can call the band the Arpeggiation Experimental Society. Yeah. That sounds definitely proggy. That is definitely a prog name, eh? The German Um, arpeggiators. I'd also be interested in examples. Um, So if if listeners do have a favourite arpeggiated yeah, song. yeah, that'd be quite good because I, you know, I when I play the chord, it's like blah, play A, blah, yeah, yeah. C, oh, mate, don't blah. don't worry about it. There's always and someone. What well, you would go, ding, 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 or ah. the different parts. No, no yeah. that's not it. Okay, 
There's always there's always someone who's uneducated, and it's you, mate. So don't worry about it. Is. it. Yeah, that's good. Thank, thank, <laughs> thank you. That's a good job. You can. It's a good job. You know your stuff about music, though. Uh, right. Well, I know. I, yes, you're right. You, okay. you know your stuff. I'll give. I you. don't know my stuff. I just don't know the the. Can I do my ones. review? Jesus. All right. Sure. I have cho- I have chosen. <sighs> oh, sorry, out of time. Ah, kidding. <laughs> I have chosen tonight. Um, I went with, and this is the reason I chose 2009, is because I went, this is one of my um, my favorite albums. Actually, actual, it's one of my favorite albums. But I don't play it a lot, but it's kind of always there. You know that kind of album? It's like yeah. a good, it's like a good mate, just there. And I went with uh, True Love's Gutter. By Richard Hawley. Who is that? Oh, that's a name I've not heard in a long, long time. Mm. <laughs> a long yeah. time. Oh, yeah. It's, a like it's, a... it's a name I've never <laughs> heard before. No. So you need to go and ex- you need to go and explore Richard Hawley. Yes, and I came across I came across the album uh, only about maybe three years ago, four years ago. And I heard a song which Dave's going to play called, um, what's it called? And open up. It's called Open Up Your Door. Hit it, Dave, bro. Open up your door. I can't see your face no more. Love is so hard to find And even harder to define Oh, open up your door Cause we've time to give And I'm feeling it so much more Open up the door Open up your door That was Open Up Your Door and isn't it a beautiful song? Just say yes. Mm. Yes. Yeah, Stunning. yeah, Stunning. Stunning. and <laughs> so and the album is was written. Uh, it's it's kind it's a it's a slow album. It's not a rock album. It's really slow. It's really slow. It's really dark, like really dark. So he wrote this. He wrote this in his darkest point of his career so there's some deep stuff in there man but uh the first song as the dawn breaks over roof slaves hope hung on every washing line as your heart aches over life's fate 
I know we never had much time For us to give What we did There's something in those deep blue eyes As the light creeps over the houses And the slates are dark by rain In this morning search for meaning I hear a songbird's melody I hear a songbird's melody And she's singing just me. Stuff like that, really good descriptive lyrics. He's a good lyricist. He's old school. He looks a bit rockabilly. He's been, he doesn't, I don't think he's rockabilly. I don't know what genre you class him as, but um, yeah, uh, that song, Open Up Your Door, is really good. It's It builds, comes to a crescendo with his massive orchestral bit at the end of it and big orchestral riffs it's really good man so just please listen go and listen to that one song if you don't want to do the whole album it's a heavy album if you're if you're in a in a bad headspace don't listen to that album but yeah. it's you know it's a it's a good album to there's a lot of good stuff you can get out of that as well actually um, so just on Similar to Glenn's question, just for our listeners that might not know what a crescendo is, Ian. Well, I think that's when it all builds, doesn't it? It goes like, it gets bigger and bigger and grander and grander. And uh, it it just, yeah, it's sort of, it's like building blocks, isn't it? It's like uh, building a pyramid, I guess. Like... Beatles song, oh. <laughs> a day, a day no. in the life. Oh, no, I read your mind there. No. So isn't, that, isn't that isn't weird? Isn't that so weird? <laughs> it's, it's, it's not like any Beatles. It's not like any Beatles song, Dave. <laughs> no, it's uh, it could Probably be a Beatles the most song. famous crescendo ever, isn't it? A day yeah. in the life. Yeah, yeah. They, yeah but yeah, Richard Hawley. I don't, he's, a, he's, he's English, he's from Sheffield, which is north, kind of, that's Yorkshire, around yeah, about, yeah. thereabouts. Um, very gritty. Mm. Yeah, good, he's good, yeah. man. He was, in, he was in Pulp for a while. He played with Pulp. I'm not right. Okay, I'm yeah. right. He's done a few sessions. He was a session musician for many years. Yeah, he's, yeah, an old, yeah. he's an old dude, but go and check him out. Cole's oh, Corner. Pulp, Pulp, Cole's Pulp. Corner is the album by him I knew, which was, I think, a bit earlier. Cole's uh-huh. Corner is called. Um, and I can't remember which song it is. I think it's called Darling Wait For Me. And yeah, it's a cracking little song. Um, mm. Yeah, he's a, a cool, cool player. I, mm. Yeah, trying to think stylistically. Um, I don't know. I don't know what you'd put him under, really. He's eclectic, man. Not yeah. like his, all of his stuff is so different. It's like, man, that's why you probably have to go and explore the albums. Mm. Um but this particular album is, is a very slow, lovely, delicate, it's an elegant album. It's elegant, but dark. It's good, man. Um, 
And that wraps us up. So we can just yarn for a bit. Thanks for listening, everyone, and coming down and, you know, spending your time with us. Hey, guys, the, um, the Pink Floyd catalog's up for sale. Do you guys want to chip in? And Are you half serious? A, half a billion, is it? Hmm. Yeah. yeah, I've got a couple of handy stashed away. Who's, sell Who's selling it? They are. Gilmore, I probably yeah. would it. No, that'll be all of them. Oh, a lot of them. Didn't Springsteen do this recently? Yeah. They're all doing it. It's, it's, the, new, it's the new thing. <laughs> sell all your rights off um, and just live happily on the retirement. No matter the fact that we're now going to have, you know, um, run like hell on a, I don't know, an ad for an ice cream. She straws <laughs> advert or something. Yeah. Disney movie. Uh, no. Yeah. Get, get off. Soldiers so, yeah. for rock and roll. Yeah. yeah. Well, why not? Why yeah. not have a retirement fund for the next 30 generations of your family set up? You well, well, that's exactly it, isn't it? Yeah. It's just if you're, like, you're near the end of your life, you want to set up your future generations. Yeah. It's pretty good. Bad not going to tour anymore. Not going to release another album. No, well, they're, the they're retired, aren't they? Yeah, exactly. Well, although Nick Mason's out there touring the, away at the moment he's up and having he's a up great time. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah. having a great time. Yeah, they're doing really good stuff and having lots of fun. I'd love to go and see that show. Yeah. Did you I, guys... Wondered, did you, oh, sorry, David. Sorry, I was just going to say, is it, he's obviously in good terms with Gilmore. Oh, yeah, totes, yeah. Mm. So I don't know what the arrangement is, but like when he, he he's playing Pink Floyd back catalog mm -hmm. songs right mm -hmm. he is and, and does he have the rights to those is he is he no no and not not necessarily no. he's performing them with some friends and he's mm -hmm. he's cleverly picking a period of time that's not up for any dispute right he's picking stuff from 65 all the way through to 72 it's all the early stuff, which arguably is yeah. a lot of fun to listen to, actually. So, yeah. Are those are those songs. dates just are those dates just rough dates or? No, <laughs> that's pretty specific. Well, I, know, I know my Pink Floyd man. We haven't we haven't talked about it yet. Um, one day it'll happen, and we'll end up unfortunately stumbling across 1973, and then we'll have to. Pull me back. How, how yeah. bad? How bad do our listeners want to hear a Pink Floyd sesh? Let us know. Do you want a full <laughs> sesh on Floyd or the Beatles? No, we did the Beatles, didn't we? No, we haven't. Oh, I felt like that. <laughs> <laughs> Every Monday it feels like it. Isn't it? <laughs> you, you guys. And, well, and now, I and now say, tuning like, in from was... Abbey Road, it's David Chan. Feeling the addiction this morning, someone sent me a link to Beedle. Have you come across Beedle yet? Oh, no. What's that? So it's the Beatles version of Wordle, except you basically <laughs> get five guesses. <laughs> it plays two seconds of a Beatles song, and you get five guesses to work out what it is. Gonna, David's going to smash oh, it. You'll be yeah. top of the list. Took me ages to, that one. No, it took me ages to build that app. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go. Let's go. Did any of you guys see any of the Glastonbury clips on YouTube? I saw um I saw Crowded House <laughs> with Nils uh Liam's son singing. Mm -hmm. 
Um, that was quite cute. Uh, standing on the stage with his big headphones on like this. And uh, I think they were doing they were doing one of the split ends ones. And yeah. he's just going, la, la, la. <laughs> doesn't know any of the words. doesn't matter. <laughs> 70,000 like people singing that. along with him. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. absolutely. That yeah. was pretty cool. And I saw yeah. everyone singing happy birthday to Macca. Mm. Yeah. I, I wasn't going to bring it up. Yeah. I was gonna, watching. I was watching a few fireworks, but they ended up just lighting the cake instead. And it was eighty candles. Oh, you know, nice! That's you know, a lot of candles. <laughs> I watched a little bit of uh, some stuff on the Healthist, which they've had on, which is probably a bit more my sort of thing. But they've had, uh, you know, Steve Vai. Uh, oh, or just the rock, I, yeah, the rock I heard bands. about that with White Snake, yeah. right? He White Snake had been playing. He got up yeah. and played with them. Yeah, yeah, man. Def Leppard, I think we're playing all the old, all the old rock stuff. You know the stuff you love, rock. but you really hate. Nah. <laughs> Come on, Glenn. Pour some sugar on me, man. Oh no, I don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> thank you for the off. Thank you for the offer, but no, thank you. I went to varsity with the guy, and you know, remember back in the day when it was cool at school to write your favorite bands on your on your bag and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um. He he. Unfortunately, he was telling me an embarrassing story. He said, "I wrote Def Leppard, but he actually wrote it correctly, like Def as in Def." <laughs> And, oh, yeah. and, oh. and he just did he got mocked mercilessly for it. That was my story. So so he scribbled it out and put Led Zeppelin instead. <laughs> <laughs> With one uh, P. Uh, oh no. Yeah. Come on. Come on, you guys. L E A D. Jesus. Those were good days, weren't they, when we had all our Music stuff on our bags and stuff. The kids don't do that anymore, do they? No, they've got a bit of class, eh? They ain't got class. They they ain't got nothing. (laughs) (laughs) Not like in your day. Okay. Is there any kids? Is there any kids listening to this program? Generally oh, not. No, I'm trying to encourage my nephew to come on and, and do a show with us, but I'm not sure if he he's up for it yet. But hopefully he gets over the COVID and he will join us soon. Oh, no. Has he got the COVID? He's got uh, the COVID. Yep. What's his name? David. Get well soon. Hope yeah, you feel better. soon, David. Yeah. yeah. We're thinking of you, bro. Ian had COVID for a day. I had it for a day. I don't think it was half a day. I think it might have been just an afternoon. Afternoon COVID. 20 minutes. <laughs> afternoon delight. That's probably, Which, that's probably that deep fried pizza just coming back on you. <laughs> Eight years later. Eight years. It's never left me, man. Oh, it's still in there. It's been ruminating. Oh, disgusting. Well, nice to cool. see you all, guys. Thank likewise, you, boys. Likewise, likewise.